All right. Yeah. We're doing this thing. Mm. Mm. This is uh, <laughs> this has already been pretty. You guys missed already a lot of freestyle. All right. So uh, this is. You should be on my podcast. This is season <laughs> season two, episode four of the Art Fight podcast, and we're here with my sensei Joe Nolan, and uh, really my other sensei. J Wall, Jason Wall, hey, aka hey. Print That Thing. Oh, You'll find AKA. out all about it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're in the zone now. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Joe? I'm zoned out now. Zoned in. <laughs> Joe's, zoned Joe's with sunglasses today. Mm-hmm. And I've got my double shot protein, uh, <laughs> caffeine protein drink. <laughs> Meal replacement <laughs> coffee. <laughs> all right. J Wall, what's up, man? Hey, hey, nothing. Just enjoying the day. Yeah. Isn't that just a easy sort of to-do list yep i try to give myself just three things to do <laughs> yeah a day does that work yeah it's great <laughs> is, is one of them like brush your teeth or nope. is it's, it it's like real vague like broad strokes broad strokes it's like do this do this do the podcast nice yeah i have uh i started just writing things down really large with a sharpie because there's just something much more emphatic about mm just writing really large with an inky kind of nasty bad handwriting kind of mm. thing i like to use the um google task thing and for the longest time it wasn't an app you just had to go to it through like the chrome browser yeah but now it's got its own little app and it, i just like love checking stuff off <laughs> feels good <laughs> i like that stuff too i like yeah. the, i like the google i figure they're you know speaking people, of to-do lists have you all heard the fr- thing that you're Supposed to also have a don't do list. Whoa, I've never done that. People say to do that. I, here's the, yeah, the first thing important. on my don't do list is don't do any more lists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. No, but so what would be on your what was on your don't do list today? Don't go to work today yeah. at my old corporate job. Yeah, uh, don't not have fun. Yeah, <laughs> and uh. Don't let people tell you what to do. Yes, that is rule number one. Do what you want. Yeah. So, what did you do with your your first? This is your first. Do day what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. I literally See, did what I wanted all getting, day, and it was amazing. I did three D printing. I did three um, D design. I did um, skateboarding. All kinds of fun stuff. See, that's what great. I want to do. So, you just telling us about your day the first like eight hours of your emancipation from a corporate job mm. actually goes ahead and sums up everything. We don't even really have to introduce you or talk about you now because you just, you just wrapped it all up so nice. So yeah, <laughs> you are, so you have, you have uh, print that thing, which is your 3D printing enterprise yes, and sir. very successful YouTube channel. And then you have uh, Skateboard Yogi. Um. Uh, and he gets, uh, you get you on, you're on your big long board there that's mm. sitting over here and you, uh, do all kinds of uh, yoga things around live on the on the gram, mm-hmm. and then you uh, are programming AR and VR. Definitely, that's the new goal. And you've also done a lot of like sort of three sixty and photogrammetry and oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's what we did today. Photogrammetry. So uh, photogrammetry, you just take a bunch of pictures of things and then uh, like around it around a person or something, and then the computer will patch it all together. And make a little statue of them. It's incredible. And what's the uh, what's the pro- is the program that you use 
for the stitching as well as the sort of modulating that to be print ready or is it just for the stitching and then you put it into something else yeah you'd have to run it through a couple things wait so the, the latter um, so wait but are you talking about like for 3d printing mm -hmm. okay so you're able just to do like 360 images around a person yeah. and then it will copy that in a three-dimensional little figure yes How so essentially you're you're stealing or capturing from reality whoa I so you can it. take anything. That's awesome. Borrowing. Yeah, borrow from, yeah, just like artists do. Cut. Or we yeah. steal, right? Just cut and paste. <laughs> cut and paste. Yeah, yeah. From, from reality. <laughs> yeah. So, and then uh, and then you do, you also, you know, we always try to sort of explain the balance of what we're doing on this, this whole podcast, but we certainly talk to a lot of creatives and a lot of artists. It seems like a lot of them have a background in martial arts or something competitive that is a different strain of thinking that sent, that seems to overlap, you know? So um, uh, I understand that you also have some some combat sports background from, uh, I guess, a wrestling perspective? Is Definitely. that where, yeah, you used to wrestle. Yeah, I got in my first fight when I was a little lad. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, I used to wrestle back in middle school. We'll say mm -hmm. the first year, it was like pre-wrestling for high school. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Like the like seventh grade, something like that. No, it's like, yeah, eighth grade. Oh, eighth grade. Okay. It might have been ninth grade. We'll say freshman year. Okay. What was your weight? I was 160. Mm -hmm. Little scrawny kid. And uh, I was telling Joe this the other day, but um, there was uh, one of the, the craziest times, I guess, in my martial art career <laughs> was... Uh, <laughs> this is a good start. <laughs> the, uh, so we're in a Springfield, you know, little tobacco town, and... We're in the locker room, bunch maybe like forty sweaty dudes, right? And then the other team, kind of the rest of their guys, walk in, and this big black dude, like huge muscles, like just crazy ripped, <laughs> terrifyingly ripped for his age, you know, <laughs> freshman year. Um, walks and he's like, "Who's wrestling one sixty? <laughs> and I was just like. Ah. And then I just like raise my hand like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, ho, 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 ho. like pretty much like, I'm going to crush you. <laughs> so I was just like, it's like oh. a Mortal Kombat. Oh, dude, he like, he just like put me on blast in front of everybody, you know, we're, and we're all like weighing in and stuff. So that moment I was just like, I'm going to destroy this guy in my mind, even though I didn't really think I could, Yeah, but I wanted to. Yeah. And so then uh, long story short, we get on the match, we're wrestling for the first minute i think first few minutes and uh he busts my nose on accident like his elbow or something hits my nose and all this blood's coming out and so then they <laughs> they shove those long cylindrical uh cotton tubes, cotton, yeah, yeah, tubes yeah. all the way up my nose i didn't even know they could go up that far <laughs> this is the best part yeah and then i was like okay i'm done you know and so the coach was like all right get back out there <laughs> and i'm just like what and then I look over and my mom is literally like shaking and crying because she's just like, my bank buddy. And so um, I was just like, I guess I had adrenaline at that point. Looking yeah. back on it now, I was like, I, I must have been just jacked with adrenaline. So I, was, yeah. I got back out there and then a few minutes or a few seconds later, I should say, uh, my braces got stuck in his singlet. Oh. So then we had to stop the match again. So it was like two like dead this stops. This is such a great like high school like, wrestling do, story. Like, the energy in this place is un like, just off the wall, like yeah. filling this little farm uh, room warehouse thing, all stinky and sweaty. But anyways, um, so then uh, they break us up again. We get going. It's a last match, whatever. And somehow I just get all this in like... You know, yeah. just like crazy, just adrenaline, just pissed yeah. off, just like, and flip this mother, you know, <laughs> over on his yeah. back, and then pin him. So there's like, 
You know, and I was like, what? And he starts crying. Oh, no. He oh, no. starts crying. And oh, I was no. just like, whatever. So then later, when you know, you have sympathy. To go, yeah. And then we had, you know, you have to go clap hands at the end. Yeah. And he was like, I, I just want to tell you that I wasn't crying. I just had something like in my eyes and I was like what? I crushed him and then he goes on that year to like win state and stuff and then I awesome. get out of my wrestling career I'm like this is too much I'm <laughs> done too much yeah I like that whole thing too of like if you just get to a point where you're like I, that's the best win I'm ever gonna have yeah you're like I don't, I don't need to keep doing this yeah exactly. I'll go ahead and quit now Check. and it's cool too that it ends with him like you know being able to rally back and learn something and be a state champ it's yeah really cool. it was it was cool <laughs> It was cool. Do you remember his name? His name was like a girl's name. It was like Courtney. Uh, I think is what his name. Uh, Courtney or yeah, Stacy, yeah, something yeah. like that. There's guys in the, lead, a, the yeah. lead singer of the Dandy Warhols is named Courtney. <laughs> it's always it's funny so that people in high school or middle school, you know, when when they have names that are, people think are girls' names, mm-hmm. but they're, they're the first ones to try, like when they're getting picked on, to be like, well, you know, historically, it's actually <laughs> it was actually a man's name first. <laughs> it sounds like you this know. guy would just throw yeah. you through something. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's terrifying. Yeah, I think my friend Ashley said that to me once. Like that, you know, it was it was really a man's name first or something. There's yeah. no basis for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's also back when you could say anything and nobody could Google you just to prove you wrong. True. Mm. But yeah, so so yeah, so now you're you're emancipated, and uh, yes. you you've done you've done the the freelance lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You've done all the lifestyles, even though you're you're a, I would say a, you know I can I think I'm able to say you're a, you're a younger man. Mm. Uh, uh, I guess I'm at that point in my life where I can sort of look at people that way and say, you're younger. Uh, <laughs> I'm a young chap. But uh, but yeah, I mean, but you got so much ahead of you, but you've already figured out so many things. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's well, pretty we impressive. Internet. We have yeah. the internet now. <laughs> well, and you're also, <laughs> yeah. you have an eye for what's, what's moving forward and what where to go you know what what technologies or what i hope so creative outlets <laughs> yeah i mean but you know like what what i don't know are there any what would what is your primary sort of focus is it ar right now is augmented reality for those that, yeah it's vr and ar right now with a minor in 3d printing is my focus Mm-hmm. And then always still figuring out what's that next next. So definitely want to get into artificial intelligence and machine learning, just learning and understanding that, and then just mixing it all together and uh, see how many passive income streams I can stir up. <laughs> yeah, Love and it. active. Yeah, and you're doing it right. You're you got your you got your some land, mm-hmm. and uh, you you got it all figured out, man. Just need some Wi-Fi. Just need <laughs> just need some Wi-Fi. Just give me some Wi-Fi. There's no Wi-Fi out there. No, there is. It's faster than in town. In oh, Nashville. really? Yeah, it's crazy. Whereabouts? It's like triple. Uh, middle of nowhere, I can't talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah. great Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, it's out there. <laughs> yeah, it's in the sticks. Out it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so what what are you doing? In, in the, like, so to the uninitiated or, you know, I don't even necessarily know that much about AR, VR. I know that like there's a bunch of weird shit you can do on your phone. Mm-hmm. I know there's a bunch of like stuff that's tricky to look at and then i know there's like immersive games and i know there's Mm -hmm. sort of all these things i i feel like i'm i feel like i'm one of those that's just uh, i'm not gonna say a sort of indifferent to that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but i just i'm like i'm just gonna segue right into another thing without getting to that question (laughs) what is the deal with like instagram tv do you know about this i do but i i tried to start it i couldn't even start it I don't even get it. So, I'm trying to get it to go. But you understand that the like you did you, you caught the part where it's vertical video. Yes. And they're basically 
just saying like that's the way yeah so obviously anybody that's a filmmaker or it really what it should be is anybody that has two eyes that are horizontal should be complaining about this as opposed to like if anybody had vertical laid out eyes then i get it mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it's just it's just the platform it's Every, just weird how like yeah. the, the physical device is actually you know i think it just all roots back to laziness brian yeah well, well no it does <laughs> Most because people are just lazy no because it's about what, what can we put no it, it is because it's like what can we put in our monkey hands yeah just it's just easy it's like mm. we can't hold something landscape in our monkey hands right we just need it to be tall. Yeah. And so that just mm-hmm. trumps everything. So people have right. like $100,000 cameras and stuff are like, okay. Just turn it sideways. <laughs> well, yeah, it's tricky. But um, but as far as like the, uh, but, but as far as the AR, VR thing, like what do you, what do you, how does that work? What are you getting mm-hmm. into with it? Like give me, give me some idea of like, what, is, what does that even mean? Yeah, man? to me, I'm kind of on the same page as you where I'm like, I don't really it's kind of gimmicky to me right now still but I see the potential in it mm. later so I think there's things that I can that I can monetize on now but still get ready for that wave to ride it when it hits um, but I don't know I think um, what we've seen is that not many people are pushing it as hard as we think it could be pushed and not as fun and simple and interactive as it could be so I think that's where we're coming in for more from a filmmaker's perspective than a game maker's perspective. Because um, I think everyone's like, oh, it's a game. Oh, it's a game. But it's not right. a game. Because of the Pokemon it's stuff. It's just right? the only thing we can relate it to right now. Like, yeah. I think it's it's AR and VR are their own new creature that we haven't even figured out yet. And that's right. what I think is so exciting. It's like the... Uh, you know the new wild wild west or something you know like the uncharted territory or the like the french film revolution you know all over again in a new uh medium that's what excites me the unknown about it yeah it's just sort of like just get in yeah just jump in and start making stuff and see where how far we can push it and so who who is the uh who is like the the buyer every the globe everyone with a cell phone i think in the next year or two and so what would you sell them amazingness entertainment (laughs) experience so there's gonna be things that like if like if i just look at knowledge if i look at like life in the 90s or the 80s versus life what it is now there's so many things that are categorical streams of non-stop sort of infectious entertainment Mm -hmm. even like memes or um music you know the, the the notion of sortability in terms of even just basic hashtags or you know without even getting into like deep technology stuff really has changed how people leverage or reflect whatever it is that they're doing and it has uh, a linguistic implication and people are talking and behaving differently Mm -hmm. you know based on these these evolutions of things so it's totally fair to say I I can see what you mean where it's like there's going to be just all kinds of things going on that you um, can start to just recognize and and push or latch on to or whatever it is you know there's going to be different channels that kind of open up constantly that are in these digestible bits or any these subtle really fun kind of experiential ways that that we can't quite connect to in our heads right now but then in five years it'll be something where it'll be so obvious it'll be like a you know just like have you ever stopped and just thought about how half of the conversations that you hear maybe you well maybe it's worse the older you are but i I feel like 
I'm always listening to like what people are saying, and I realize that if this if these exact words were uttered uh, 20 years ago, that it would just sound like a bunch of gobbledygook. Like it wouldn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But it's now just clearly the the commonplace. Yeah, I love strange. That. It's like the internet just uh, messed everything up and made it all better at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it made people all polarized, but also made Connected them is. got Joe organized on his That's task right. list. Yeah, his, his little I'm organized <laughs> with his app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my app. I'm all organized with my app. I got my checklist. So is this something where you, are you are you looking at like problems to solve? Or are you yes. looking at like um, are you thinking about it from a problem solving perspective or more of a uh, like entertainment perspective or just an, an experiential perspective? All of them. I think that it's going to be so, once I understand really how to do it, then I'll just keep making stuff on the month you know month by month by month like it'll just be whatever i'm into i want to do something eventually once the tracking like body tracking gets better doing some type of like tai chi or some type of you know Mm. you would just put it on in the morning or in the afternoon or dinner you know and you would just use your cell phone put it on and then maybe it illuminates where your arm needs to be it's almost like a guide so you're like oh i get it and then you Mm. just learn that muscle memory so that's yeah. that's education that is awesome and entertainment you know things like that yeah or it could be and that would be using almost like a we kind of technology where right. you'd be recognized in space and and it would be able to tell you yes stephanie raise your leg higher exactly <laughs> yeah. and they would like you know you yeah. wouldn't you line up with them you could do right. the same thing for yoga you could do it for right we're also doing an escape game so there's all kinds of you different could, you things. could like literally oh, nice. do like martial arts lessons doing yes, that 100 totally and that's totally. interesting because like YouTube then, has become such a big thing for that. Like so many people I know are like, they do uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in a class. Maybe mm-hmm. they do some private lessons, but then they're also all over YouTube, yep. like learning like tweaks on these techniques and stuff from people from all over okay. the world. You now know? imagine that. Yeah. Imagine YouTube as a platform. Right. Now there's going to be another platform where it's all experiences. So you could literally go in and fight a real martial artist that you look up to. Whoa. And, you know, maybe you feel the haptics and you'd be like, yeah. oh, wow, he swings really fast. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, and turn get down the haptics deeper yeah. experiential awesome. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So you'd be like, why is this thing, if this thing is so smart, why is it calling me Stephanie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're talking about, this is like hashtag holodeck, right? That's what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about the yeah, holodeck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and AR is just the inverse. It, it reminds me too of how like in the early days of, v, like in the, in like the nineties version of VR, when people first started talking about this. There were a lot of musicians like Thomas Dolby and people like that. Uh, David Bowie, to mm-hmm. some degree, had his own ISP and all this stuff. But there were these these artists who were like completely interested in like, well, what can we do with that virtual? Right. Or like the the Dire Straits video, right, where it's all yeah. like you know these three D modeling stuff. So it's like I feel like you know that's something that I think is really interesting when you see like the interactive capacities for AR. You know, mm-hmm. what if you had like a music video where where now all of a sudden there's like stuff that people can interact with exactly. you know what i mean and or come to a concert on your on your couch exactly. you know what i'm saying yeah i want to do one right now i'm working on a project where you know how they do lyric videos and they're kind of mm-hmm. cheesy and lame or whatever but what if you could hold up your phone hearing your new favorite song that just came out and then the words and animations are like falling off your tabletop and floating around your room and interacting with the colors and the lights of your room so wow. it's an, a new experience every time you open it or turn it on and you could probably buy the song too or you know stream it yeah wow yeah we just we just did lsd (laughs) (laughs) 
Good. <laughs> you know they're microdosing that in California. I know. And it's tough. It's like man. the new coffee. We're, I know. Here we are in Tennessee, and it's like we can't even get a serious discussion about medical marijuana. We can't even get ground. a coffee. The coffee store's closed next. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can't even. Yeah, I couldn't even get a coffee today. I had to go to the dollar the dollar store and get get a uh, hard times a double shot of <laughs> Starbucks double shot. Yeah, <laughs> twenty yeah. grams of protein, Brian. All I, don't I need to eat. <laughs> all I know is you put it. You start drinking that immediately. Like I'm just gonna put my sunglasses. It's on. like if you took like a double espresso and just dumped it on like a chicken leg, and I ate it. That's basically what I got here in this can. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the next thing. Double espresso, chicken leg. But yeah, so um, so the, obviously infinite possibilities. That that's a that's its own challenge because mm-hmm. that's a you know a blessing and a curse how do you give yourself constraints or pick a lane for what you're going to focus on right now? (laughs) Just doing what I can really. I think is just starting, keeping it bite size. Yeah. And not too overwhelming. I have a tendency to overcomplicate things. So (laughs) the first thing is just to keep it small for the first few, you know, and then just keep growing. So what's the most ambitious thing you feel like you've done so far where you're like, holy moly, I can't believe I did that. Um, I made a, a VR game in a weekend for our, my old company that I used to work with where you could like climb up this huge tower and then you hit this button up at the top. It was super basic and super lame, but it was uh, a lot of fun. Was it scary? Did it feel oh, scary? yeah. Your heart. Yeah. What, I mean, you're literally maybe 10 stories high, like at the top of a tall hotel building. Oh, I'm already scared. And then you have to jump <laughs> off and it'll get your get your heart going like a double shot. Like Man, <laughs> or an intense fight scene. <laughs> yeah. So, do you, do you ever watch um, any fights? No, not yeah. really. You should watch some fights with us. Sometime. I would love to. If you, you should would start ever this Saturday, you should start. You should start this <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Okay. It's like yeah, the, best, yeah, yeah. the best fights of the year. This Saturday, totally. Night. I have all the time in the world. Every day is Saturday for me. So you're gonna have to tell me what day is the real Saturday. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You, <laughs> you know, anybody who you, you know, we have a lot of friends that don't understand why we like this stuff and that's part of the joy of doing this podcast is sort of just surfing that whole notion all the time mm-hmm. but um but yeah if anybody's just trying to figure out like w- really what is it about this that you guys are so into then this weekend would be a, a really good one to start because it's uh it's kind of like the best of the best oh. is, is is sort of happening all at once and and the implications like the are, are huge because I mean, i'll say that like one of the things that if you don't follow you know the ufc or whatever then or fighting in general you don't realize that uh the the peril of all that is that they have so many events and they get really kind of watered down and a lot of the fighters kind of look and feel the same sometimes mm-hmm. and it just starts to it's all very high level it's incredible all the time but it's just it's uh it's just a lot mm-hmm. uh so that's why this one uh, on the seventh will be particularly good, but uh, there's I'm, a I'm down. There's a guy uh, Daniel Cormier who's fighting uh, Stipe Miocic, and so what's happening basically is the light heavyweight champion is going up to fight the heavyweight champion. Whoa! And they're both really good fighters, both really good guys. Uh, Stipe Miocic is a pretty huge dude, uh, but a very skilled heavyweight. Um, he's defended his title more than any other heavyweight has ever defended their title. So, bum, bum, bum. so he's yeah. like the heavyweight. He's like the baddest heavyweight that they've had. This is great. And, and, then, he's, and then he's a the, firefighter in Cleveland still. Yeah. Dang. A hero, a man of the people. All right. Yeah. Where are we watching it at? Is this at your house? Are yeah. we going to a bar or stuff? We could, yeah. Or maybe we just watch it here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's watch it here at the right studio. Here. Huge <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll be that? here. 
uh, and then Daniel Cormier is, uh, you know, 38, 39 years old, you know, kind of starting to look towards wrapping it up, you know, <laughs> but he's still really good and one of the smartest guys out there. So it's just going to be awesome. And he's fought a bunch of heavyweight, uh, He's he's been a heavyweight champion in a different thing, right? In the in Strike Force. Uh, Strike Force. Yeah. And where during a time when he beat like some of the best heavyweight fighters in the world, like in their prime, and he just ran through them all. And uh and you know, so he's it's not like he can't fight bigger guys. Right. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. be which is the biggest problem here is that he's just not very tall. Right. But he's always okay. he's always short though. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's nobody but, but he's a wrestler, so it just helps him get double legs and take people the, down. Yeah, he's yeah. got the leverage. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that leverage built in. Yeah, lower center of gravity. Um, he's a he's a real he's a. It's really interesting because to me the wrestling thing, when you when you see like when you see less than amazing wrestling in an MMA fight, it can be it can be the thing that people find boring about it, right? Gotcha. But when you see like amazing Olympic wrestlers like Daniel Cormier, it's like so beautiful like you'll see these like art yeah you just it's yeah. dan- he's, it's so crazy to see this guy who's kind of built like a barrel and then all of a sudden he's just floating and dancing across the thing and and just scooping people up and throwing them down and it's like so effortless and beautiful and it's like how can this guy do this you know because it doesn't look like he'd be able to do any of that stuff but he's like an incredible athlete who really knows how to wrestle that's cool do y'all go to the actual fights live at the place wherever they are Brian was at the last big event they had here I didn't get to that but Brian was there I'll, I'll go um, yeah. the fights I like to go to are the smaller promotions oh uh, because it's just more intimate and mm-hmm. you know it's uh, and it's you know cheaper <laughs> and you just get to see I don't know I mean just because I love this stuff doesn't mean I'm not sensitive to like some of the culture that's around it. And definitely when you go to the smaller promotions and you kind of get out into the, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to like Jackson, Tennessee to see it at the little municipal auditorium or whatever. And right. you, you see some, some characters and people are just like, I don't know, man, just, just <laughs> kick him in the face. I don't know. <laughs> just, I want to say some blood, you know, there's, there's definitely that kind of stuff going on, which yeah. is, you know, not where I'm at about it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the blood sport as we keep talking about, right. but uh, it's not about, you know, that really, um, although that is a component, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I think a lot of it just comes down to people not, I, my whole response to everything has always just been, if you get to know any of these fighters, if you just start to, uh, like, if you ever get a chance to meet someone who fights mm-hmm. and just talk to them, then you cannot help but be very interested in and what happens next you know mm-hmm. what, where are they what's going to happen in their next fight what are they what's going to happen with, you know for them to them you know how are they going to learn how are they going to you know uh come back from a loss or right you know all these things you start to get on this train with people that's that's, cool. that's tied in like a basic human connection mm-hmm. and when you have it from that level it's a it's a different thing plus you you get the insight of like oh oh okay so you 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 have a degree in neuroscience you know well, or you're a, a school teacher or you're a yeah, your mom uh, or whatever yeah you know, you know, the do, other part of the story the other parts the of the story fights. yeah but you know so i just think about so when we as like sort of creatives you know mm-hmm. uh are sort of whining about like you know nothing's coming to me right now right. <laughs> or, my usb drive doesn't work <laughs> right, <laughs> right. My, my this drive is not being recognized <laughs> <laughs> um, I should I should interrupt really quick and just say when it comes to seeing smaller fights, 
that in July 14th, the Jonathan Ivey uh, cage fighting championship promotion is having a uh, an event in Murfreesboro. Uh, Donovan Salvato, who was on our show in the first season, yeah. who uh, cool. won a championship. He came on our show, then won a championship fight. He's wow. now the the welterweight champion. He'll be defending his title at that event. And then next week, we're going to have a guy named, uh, or on Thursday, I guess, I'm not sure when this will come out, but our next guest is going to be a guy named Jason Baker, who's going to be fighting for the featherweight, I think, uh, title um, uh, that uh, that same Saturday. event, same event, July 14th. And so just Jonathan Ivy cage fighting championships. It's in Murfreesboro. I don't know exactly the venue, but you can find it. So a lot of that's on Facebook. If uh, I think I might be out of town, but if I'm not, I definitely want to go. Um, I, if I'm out of town, then I will not be able to be in two places at once unless Jason builds me some shit. Come on, Jason. Barney Rubble. <laughs> Barney Rubble. <laughs> yeah, give, me, give, me, give me some AR uh, cloning. I can scan you. I definitely can do that. did that today. I can take a little doll. I'll have a little doll, a little Brian doll with me. I hey, it. seriously, though. If, y'all, if anyone wants to get scanned, I will scan you. I will scan beautiful women. I will scan anything. <laughs> it's actually kind of a neat thing. You could actually make like a like a whole, like, uh, you, anybody could be an action figure yeah. kind of thing. It's kind of right. Yeah, I think celebrities would dig it, you know, because they're super egotistical. Yeah. Right. They'd be like, oh, my God, yes, it's me. It looks just like it's me. It's me. That's so double beautiful. me. And you can, make, you can make a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For cheap? <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> but John, so Jonathan Ivey, did you see Did you see the, um, the uh, I don't know what promotion it was <gasps> or whatever, but he was fighting uh, one of his, like, sort of longtime connected friends or something. I don't know what the connection was, but... Mm-hmm. The, uh, he was you know in a position where he was just like the ref wasn't stopping it and he was just ground and pound ground and pound and yeah. and then basically just finally just stopped and just got up and then just tapped out <clears throat> he actually faked uh, the way they, they worded it is like he faked a heart attack first but he didn't Whoa. he just kind of the guy threw a kick and he kind of like pretended like he was hurt a little bit you know but did he then go- caught this guy then put him down then was like you know uh, pounding 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 and then they wouldn't stop it for whatever reason uh i guess the, the guy who was uh getting hit was so like one of those sort of really respected like give him a chance you know kind of oh, okay. uh people and then he just walked away from it and just tapped the floor hmm. the, the the bottom of the cage there and and that was it so jonathan ivy tapped out because he's like this is bullshit i don't want to keep hitting this guy yeah so he lost the fight yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know about huh. that. But I do know that he fought a Gracie, and uh, when and in the fight with the Gracie, he does these really crazy barrel rolls and things <laughs> in the middle of the fight. Yeah. That's good. I like that. <laughs> it's definitely something to see. I think it's. I'm not sure which one it is. Huh. But yeah. But uh, yeah. It's, but those are moments like that. Like the people that don't also you know when they just think it's all just people just maniacally wanted to kill each other mm-hmm. it's like oh there's actually levels of respect and sportsmanship and honor that go really oh, yeah. deep uh through it it's not always present no uh, no it's not <laughs> but uh but it's it's i would say mostly present it's certainly present in the stuff that i'm most interested in and like like we've talked about before if i never saw anybody ever get hurt i'd be 100 percent fine with that i don't want to watch people get hurt yeah mm-hmm. i want to watch the edge of the evolution of the combat sport yeah i want right. to see martial arts like especially people don't get it but it's like you know when i was a little kid i remember they would talk about 
the whole and like every kung fu movie this is like the story it's like whose style is the best my yeah, teacher is right. better than your teacher like, eagle yeah. defeats dragon right <laughs> you know and so it's it's always that's that's always been a theme in the martial arts and then and then it's always like oh well the judo man beats the boxer you know but the the karate guy will beat them all you know and all this kind of stuff and the, the I mean you think of the blood sport movie that's exactly what that's about you know so it's like that's a, been a running theme in martial arts culture, culture forever and MMA emerged and all of a sudden they're gonna fucking do this and it, it was blowing my mind when yeah. I discovered this I was just like they're really gonna do this these guys they, this guy who's a really good boxer is gonna fight this guy who's like a crazy wrestler guy cool and we're gonna see who wins just, <laughs> yeah, just for, force the equations to get computed yeah. and see yeah. what it is and now of course we're yeah, to the point where it's sort of evolved into a sport where the, the cream of the crop have a certain combination of skills and all this stuff but you're, you're seeing that develop all the time too and the women's MMA is just like an insane yeah. arc of evolution right yeah. now because they don't have to reinvent the wheel they're just learning how to do all the things the guys learned how to do at light speed you know what I mean That's yeah. cool. and they're, amazing. they're generally better athletes and more flexible <laughs> and smarter too <laughs> I think and, and, all that intelligence yeah <laughs> but yeah so, so do you think that there's anything that your wrestling experience Experience as a kid sort of uh, built into you that helps you now with anything you're doing creatively or is it just something you kind of just say is part of your experience yeah which I, is fine too I right think, I think it taught me I guess just to know when I'm in the flow because mm. like when I would get into really intense wrestling situations I realized that time would kind of slow down and I could see things and I could breathe really calmly uh -huh. and then you know like kind of loosen my muscles so like a certain position wouldn't hurt as bad and then just kind of being in it you know where time doesn't really exist and then that kind of correlates to when you're in the zone as an artist i think because mm -hmm. you get in that that zone where the whole day disappears and you're just like whoa you know and i think there are similar zones yeah it's definitely um you don't want your days to disappear necessarily, but at the same time, you kind of do. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you, you just got to remember that you have to do things, but that's why Joe has <laughs> those calendar apps. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, yeah. I do a calendar every morning. I'm like, all right, I got three hours to do this, two I, hours to do that. I got three things I got to do. Yeah, three things to do. <laughs> but you say, when you say the day disappears, you mean that, that you get lost yeah, in your you project, lost and then the next yeah. thing you know, it's dinner time. Right. And, you know, yeah. or whatever your signal is to quit. Mm -hmm. I don't, that's an interesting thing. I like to get up, I get up and basically make coffee the first thing. Obviously, mm -hmm. this is, we just keep talking about drinking coffee. <laughs> it the all comes time back to coffee. <laughs> so the first thing is coffee, you yes. know. But then usually, usually I go to the gym before I do much of anything. I mean, I'll check my email and stuff mm -hmm. and maybe there's some, a few things I need to do first, but then go to the gym. But then I usually work and then usually like in the, like three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon <laughs> or something, I'll take like another break. And then maybe at that point, if I'm going to make dinner or whatever, I'll mm -hmm. make dinner, have dinner. But then usually like in the evening, like 6.37 or something, I get back on my computer and like do a little bit more. Like I end mm -hmm. up working a little bit into the evening, but it it's good. Second, second wave thought. Yeah, and I just yeah. have to, I have to take, you Break can't, it up. you can't write all day. Like you can't, it's not like, you know, sawing a log or whatever the hell you would be doing where you literally could just keep going all day long. It's like, it's like I, you gotta do it and then walk away from it and then do it and mm -hmm. walk away from it, you know, and Definitely. get, get, you know, perspective. Cause you, you just, you can't really even tell what the fuck you're doing. Other, otherwise point. you end up like Jack Nicholson 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and The Shining. Right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that Jay Wall and I both figured out that we had in common was this, uh, you know, need to get up super early, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and that just really. How cha- early do you get up? Um, uh, I I get up probably about five thirty. Five or five thirty. Are you talking about you? You had a need to get up that early to get to your job on time, no, or no, you just no, you as a person need so to that, get up? But here's the, here's how that's, that's how it began though was because you know the the job. So you know, uh, Jay Wall and I actually used to work at the same place, mm-hmm. software a, company, a, a place, and um, and uh, so that's how we kind of actually know each other anyway. But but basically, you know, a very demanding job, or even when it's not demanding, it's still a place you gotta go and just be forced off of your hamster wheel. Right. Um, and it's it sucks, right? Because it's yeah. a job or whatever. No big, you know, I'm grateful to have opportunities and things. I'm just sure. saying. But uh, you gotta be there, even, yeah, no matter you, what. You gotta yeah. be there. So, so what I figured out is, and there was so many times too where like the days would disappear, but for work, not for, In the bad way. <laughs> not for my things. Right. Um, and then by the time I would get done, I wouldn't have anything left. I wouldn't have any synapses or energy mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. to like clear the way enough to, yeah. to reset, to then go after and do something. Yeah. It's weird. I think when I was younger, I had the ability I I would like you know sleep until the last minute possible, go rush to my job that I had or whatever, and then get out of the job, and then it was like I'm free, and then I would have all this energy to go do all these things because yeah. I was 20 or whatever. You were also probably doing a job that wasn't you didn't have responsibility like you did not as at much. That job yeah, that's true. And stuff, that's you know, true. It's yeah. a bigger. It I mean, was more we, just a time suck than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, we all had those. Those jobs were great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just like and got like, some money and I'm out the door. I've got a place <laughs> to nurse my hangover for eight exactly, hours. This is great. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, but with this, you know, with this gig in particular, it was just it was really demanding a lot. Um, and even if it wasn't demanding, there was just a, uh, an energy demand, mm-hmm. uh, just to be there. So, um, I just got to the point where I, I just started getting up earlier and earlier and earlier and I felt uh, better and better and better mm-hmm. because by the time I got into the office and I would still get to the office before most other people mm-hmm. got there or, you know, usually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but by then I, I felt good because no matter what happens with the rest of my day, I knew that I'd already gotten about two hours in of really good time that right. was unpolluted by anybody else's energy yeah and your stuff just for me and yeah. whatever you know so that's some, great so sometimes i would wake up and make beats or sometimes i would get up and write or sometimes mm-hmm. i would just get create. up and edit video mm-hmm. or research something or mm-hmm. go down some wormhole of some thing that i've just been interested in or mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah. is just to have that freedom for even a couple of hours in the morning uh you know that was really valuable. So then yeah. I just kind of got to the point where that still kind of sticks. So even now, like here, we're at my studio, you know, uh, I, you know, I can obviously come here and work whenever I want, but I, I still get up super early at home mm. and have like an hour, two hours of just like a little bit of pre, yeah, that's pre cool. time. But so by the time I get in here, like I'm like I'm at full speed from mm-hmm. the from the minute like there's nothing I'm ever doing in this space that is a warm up yeah ever or like some slow decay of energy or or whatever I'm just going yeah so that's I think cool. that getting up in the morning uh, and I know for Jay Wall I mean he he does smarter things than me like you know exercise and stuff how many cups uh, of coffee have you had by the time you get to the office in the morning Brian when you're really going uh, just, <laughs> yeah just just two two uh, really that's mm-hmm. not too bad <laughs> but I do like the the um. Cafe Bustello, like the espresso ground stuff in the, uh-huh. uh, do it in the, chem- in the, in the Chemex. Yeah. 
uh that's that's my that's how i've been doing coffee for probably 20 years now mm-hmm. that's the only way to do it we do chemex at home too i yeah. need to learn it's good it's, it's got a good easy. it's all in the filter man the gotcha. magic's all in the filter the magic's all in the filter <laughs> um i was gonna say man that the that what you were talking about i think i want to i want to sort of like ask like underline what you're saying because i do think that's great advice if anybody is listening to this and they're trying to do their own thing or like find their own way and they're finding like oh the the rest you know my my day job is eating my art life right. and all that stuff yeah you're absolutely i mean this is what patty smith used to do too like when she had kids and moved to detroit it's like she was like okay now i'll get up at 4 30 in the morning and i'll walk down to the gas station i'll get a cup of coffee this is she talks all about this in her memoir right mm. and basically i'll get my writing done before i have to get the kids up out of bed you know and mm-hmm. that's just how it's going to be now because if i want to keep writing yeah. i gotta make time for it but i gotta say you too know? that like there's something about the stillness of everything everything yeah. um and being just the first person up definitely vibe you know it's or so, whatever yeah it feels really good yes. yeah uh there's it's a it's a different when i was younger i liked to you know be you know proud of like man i worked until four in the morning or whatever right. yeah now i'm like man i got up at four in the morning <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. yeah that's and, cool and i have weird things about once a month uh my wife can vouch for this but about once a month i i basically uh, have one night where I just don't sleep mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is. I think that my You've body has, has like some weird reboot that it does about once uh-huh. every month or two where just, I'm just like, I don't need to sleep. Yeah. I have weird things about sleep. I've been wanting to uh, experiment with sleep because I feel like people in general, we just sleep too much. Yeah. Like a little, like, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but there's a thing called polyphasic monophasic. Where are we all sleep monophasic? And then there's polyphasic. Have y'all heard of that? Is this like what they used to do in Europe when before they had lights? Maybe. Yeah, where you get up. Yeah, they talk you, about this. Like you go to sleep. sleep second, sleep. Yeah, 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 second exactly. sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. go to sleep at like sundown. You get up at like 11. Mm-hmm. Have you, three or four hours. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. like would like eat another meal mm-hmm. or do a little something. Right. Make, an, make yeah. another kid. Yeah, make a baby. <laughs> Evidently, that was part of that. Possibly. And then, and then, and then, yeah, then around two in the morning, you're back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then you're up at six because you got to yeah. go milk the cow. Yeah. 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 I love that. Or fight the king. Two, three hour chunks. Yeah. People one sleep cycle get up do stuff come back down yeah. sleep cycle I, I man it's it works for me i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it. there's even more extreme ones but i just want to see what it does mm-hmm. and to really understand like how much does my body need mm-hmm. you know sleep to be what's, functional what's cool is that you can now that you're emancipated yes uh, and you're running your own show now. It's like you can do whatever yes. you want for however you want to do it. And you don't have to work sleeping. Sure, yeah, why not? Let's try it. <laughs> Thirty days. 60 so that, days. that's the trade-off for the uncertainty of everything else. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that's the other thing too. You know. Uh, you know. And I've been in this position before in life. You know. But uh, it's definitely a. There's there's got to be some sort of almost martial arts type of correlation or something between so for instance like you hear a lot of fighters say like i don't have i don't game plan for my opponent i just make myself the best that i can make myself Mm -hmm. and then it's just going to work how it's going to work or you know or you hear other people that are like no i'm studying film constantly and you know uh and i'm going to exploit their weakness i'm going to find their weakness and i'm going to exploit it so you hear everything from all of those kind of points of view what kind of fighter would y'all be would you research their your your component or your uh, I think I would your person I feel like I would be definitely um a film studier me too yeah I think I you know I I uh my big sport when I was younger um was playing football so it's like my whole thing so we just work it's 
I mean, basically, it. it's just like running. It's like watching film and right. running. What it's I all do? part of it. Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. So I would want to watch film. You know what I mean? I would think mm-hmm. that was good. One of the there's a guy named Conor McGregor who fights. Right, you probably know who that is, but he. Uh, he he's kind of the the main one that I know of who said that ever, so many times when he would go to fight, all of a sudden at the last minute his opponent wouldn't make weight or somebody'd get hurt or whatever. So by the time they got oh, in the fight, it wouldn't be the same guy anyway. So he matter. would say like, "Fuck it, I don't even want to plan anymore because I'd rather mm. just like optimize myself because we have no idea who we're gonna just fight. go with." You the know flow. what I mean? Yeah, and I think that was more true too when he was coming up as opposed to once you're in the bigger leagues and there's more money at stake, people right. make the you fight. Know. You know yeah. what I mean? But, you know, it's mm. a circus down down in the lower ranks. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Conor McGregor just needs to fight. <laughs> you can't just sit on belts. He's just sitting on his belts, Brian. He's just sitting on his belts. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what time he gets up in the morning. He's afraid of Khabib. Khabib gets up early. <laughs> yeah, Khabib is uh, this uh, Russian wrestler guy who's just awesome. He, he just, just wrestles people to the ground and then smashes He them. wakes up early. Yeah. I don't think he's slept in nine years. Yeah. Why would he? He doesn't need to sleep. No, he's <laughs> he's like he gets his opponent down and is like pinning him down and like punching them, and then he's talking to the people in the audience or talking to the promoter or wow. the president of the the UFC or talking to the commentators while he's in the fight, like like talk have casually having conversations outside the cage or to the person that he's fighting in this Russian sort of very broken, uh, yeah, but but like, but just very calm, just very direct. Uh, just like what does he say he's like I don't know I don't remember but like, I know you should that just give up that. why don't you just give yeah, up yeah why like, don't this you is just not give up he'll talk to their team and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'll talk to the, his opponent's coaches and just be like why don't you just tell, why don't you just throw in the towel because this is not <laughs> that's amazing this fight's already over but he, he there was something that went down one time where one of his fights got cancelled or somebody got hurt and then he had this famous phase, phrase where he says this is number one bullshit yeah <laughs> this is number one bullshit this number one bullshit those are the those are the the sweet things about following mma cultures you get these funny little tidbits that just you can't you can't avoid yeah he's he's amazing though but but, um um but as far as as your emancipation though jay wall uh so when you're uh, when you're when you're in a place of uncertainty how do you, how do you reconcile certainty versus uncertainty? You know, you used to know exactly what was going to happen in your day, right? And what you would get for that, and mm-hmm. how you would do all your things. So how do you what? There's something very zen about managing uncertainty that I mm-hmm. feel like that there's there's a there's a there's a power of manifestation that is necessary to be a freelancer, Definitely. where you just have to even in, you have to stare it in the face and just be like, well, like this is going to work. Exactly. And you have no idea how. And you have every reason from a logical standpoint to just start raising alarms and freaking out Definitely. and going into a full panic, but you just can't. Yeah. And then you start to see that the energy that you carry uh, connects to other energy that is like that brings you forward if you just manage that properly. Mm-hmm. So like how do you reconcile like sort of certainty versus uncertainty? I think just deep down in my being I just know that everything's going to be all right and it's going to work out cuz most of the time it does mm-hmm. so um I think I just I've always just gone with the flow naturally as a as a kid and I love I love change so I think freelance is like kind of built for me I love the uncertainty of it I hate monotony I hate 
predictions of like knowing what things are going to happen. I don't know. I think I'm just uh, wired that way. And also both of my parents were, um, were entrepreneurs and both self-employed. So I kind of saw that my whole life. Mm -hmm. And my dad was really strict on chores and work ethic, like really hard on me when I was a kid. So it just kind of ingrained in me with like a natural, like zest for life and like Mm -hmm. a strong work ethic from my father, I think. And with those two, I just kind of just go and, you know, just try and uh, stir as much stuff up as possible. And then also know that on the other side, um, you know, my needs are coming with speed, you know, like it's just, it's coming. Like it's just coming. I, sometimes I call it the freelance fairy, you know, she's yeah. coming. She's going to bring something. You just got to keep, uh, keep pushing on, taking steps and trying stuff. I think it's really interesting just how, if you just do, just do exactly things just, just do. and you don't have to wait until you're being paid to do yes. something to go find something you love, learn it. Yes. And yes, yes. Figure it out or experiment with it or get better at something or, uh, just offer someone to do something at no cost, right? So that you have a vehicle to sort of right. explore something or find your unique proposition. And then all of a sudden things just start to uh, happen. Yeah. And the way I think of it too is like what you were just saying, like do things for free. Like like it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's like, yeah, you're not going to get paid, but you're going to get all this knowledge that nobody can take away from you. You're, you're also going to make a relationship with this person or these people yeah. that who knows what's going to happen. But it's such a, it's a, it's a very dichotomous, weird thing though, because on the other side of it, and you and I both have talked about this at length, you know, where it's like, you, you know, you have to value yourself mm-hmm. or no one else will. Yes. You have to value your work or no one else will. And you have to be proud of what you charge people yes uh you know uh to get done whatever is getting done Mm -hmm. and you should not sell yourself short don't undercut uh and and be willing to either say no or say well thanks but no thanks Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not gonna cut cut the cost in half just because you've got somebody else that'll do it for half the cost well then you know what go use them right you get what you pay for yeah that's i mean that's how i always go for the win-win deal or no deal (laughs) you know or if it's a win-win-win uh, but no, I think that's a, a good point. Uh, but at the same time, I do recommend for anybody out there freelancing, doing anything. Uh, I think that the, the number one ninja skill is uh, never telling someone what something costs. Ask them what their budget is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I, I can't tell you how many things that, you know, I've, I've had where like I, their budget was, more than they're helping me value what I do right more than I'm helping myself to value what I do because their budget is coming in you know at say two times mm-hmm. what I was gonna say that I charge for that and then on the flip side mm-hmm. though you have these these things where it's like our budget is half the cost but you got you know, it's just some, it's like a weird set of uh variables that you have to weigh out all the time so yeah. I'm happy to do stuff for free um if it's something that uh, I love very much and that I like the, all the people very invo- in, that I'm involved with and I feel like there's at least something that I'm building towards whether it's a right. skill set or I'm collecting uh, assets or resources mm-hmm. or something through Data. the process but yeah or just film or, or yeah. you know or whatever it is so it's just uh, and I'm sure it's the same way for writing you know oh 100% yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll do a little trick <laughs> that I'll tell any <laughs> listeners if they are interested in this but usually I'll just figure out one thing that I want to learn 
like example i was going to do this project and i didn't really want to do it. it was a music video i didn't want to do it but then i was like well i do want to learn you know x or at the time it was volumetric video so i was like well i'll just pitch volumetric video and then if we do it then i'll just get paid to learn yeah. what i want to learn and then they'll get what they want which right. is a badass video yeah so it's like that's the way that it works for me a lot with writing stuff is that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna find myself into a niche where i'm able to make contacts with a publication that will let me write about the stuff I want to write about. Cause I want to, I want to read all these books and yeah. watch this thing anyway. So I'll find somebody who will basically pay me exactly. to just indulge the research I'll need to do to do this piece. Or it's like we were talking about last week too, with Michael, uh, with Michael, um, uh, Weintraub, um, Weintraub mm. uh, that he, uh, um, uh, we were talking about how I got this, uh, photo essay project that I do called the Pikes project off the ground. And it was basically because, for a number of reasons, I just got to a place where it's like, oh man, I really wanted, I really want to take these photographs of, of all this weird shit I'm finding on Gallatin Pike. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this opportunity came up to do some content with public radio in Nashville. And I was just like, bing, what, bing. what if I did a photo essay on Gallatin Pike? And they're like, <laughs> okay. You know, and all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden now it's like, I've got a, I've got a place to publish it. Yes. I've got some resources to put toward the time it's going to take to do this. And, uh, you know, and it, and I found a way to, to, to get somebody to buy the thing I wanted to make. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. It's such a strange, weird, almost uh, contradictory set of things you have to manage. But it, it really just comes down to like, just move forward, keep doing stuff. Mm -hmm. You're not going to die. Right. Usually. Mm -hmm. I guess be smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, be smart. Try to be smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I've been trying to do is just like, I kind of learned this from my last job, you know, because they would build out these budgets for the year. Like, we're going to make a bajillion dollars this, this quarter. <laughs> but then we'd only make, you know, a certain amount, maybe half or maybe all of it, you know. And then I was like, well, if I just put my pipeline at a huge number then and I try to get to that then I might get half you know I might get mm -hmm. all of it so then that's a new thing that I've been trying that's working pretty well too oh I see like so goal setting I, you just set it up to the ceiling just get it set it to the top of the sky <laughs> yeah. you know and then you might hit half you might even hit a quarter of it <laughs> but, but one of the steps the key to the key just to this I was gonna, the, the key to understanding this though is like you, you're you're saying I'm gonna set these really high goals yes. for myself and then see if it happens. Yeah. But what are you doing towards the goal? I'll, I'll just reverse engineer the goal. <laughs> so it's like, oh, if the goal, you know, if it's a million dollars, I'm like, okay, well, how much do I have to make? Okay, so I need to make like 83000 a month. A month. You know? And then I'm like, okay, well, how can I do that? It's super easy. Like, how, how can I do that in the easiest way yeah. <laughs> without doing a lot of work, you yeah. know, just things yeah. like, just crazy questions. Cause then if you start asking questions, I love these questions. <laughs> like, How can well, I do that without having to work a lot? Yes. <laughs> and then just start trying to figure out to how to connect well, those yeah. two dots. Well, and it's <laughs> like the Gallatin Pike, yeah. like the same process, yeah, yeah, yeah. just well, on a bigger the, scale. In the digital age, that's really the benefit. That's what we have new to us in terms of passive income. Right. It wasn't like, you know, a hundred years ago, you could just like, I'm going to, I'm going to set up a whole farm and imagine you could set up a whole farm a hundred years ago or any, I guess even now, or maybe Monsanto is doing this now, but, <laughs> but, but basically setting up a farm that just, you set it up once and it just runs automatically in perpetuity right. and people just magically and people just keep <laughs> buying all the stuff that gets automatically taken out of it and, exactly. and parsed and harvested or whatever. So that's the passive income sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I, that's a whole set it and forget it. I mean, you still have to do a little <laughs> bit of maintenance, but 
Yeah, it's like that one heave ho effort of just getting whatever it is done, and then it's out there. Evergreen. Yeah, I, I would say that it, like you know even you know a painter is effectively uh, doing that, even though it's just one thing. But then there can be prints, and there can be mm-hmm. uh, different lives for that painting, and it can live in different places and be exposed to different people, and they can get money for it in different ways or or whatever. It is definitely. Um, uh, you know, or even a musician, yeah, make a record, see how many records you can sell, right. mm-hmm. or how many MP3 files you can copy, you know, or right. whatever, yeah. but, or but, how many shows you can do, right. you know, on the back of it, or whatever, whatever your thing is, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that I think that having a, a job that challenges or takes away a lot of those weapons from you, uh, is a really good experience to have because then when you come out of that, you're supercharged, and you you're know, gonna exactly, grow. yeah. It's like uh, it's like when you see people doing the uh, CrossFit training or the whatever, where they have the big rubber bands around their waist and they're just trying to run, and somebody's <laughs> holding them back. Like mm-hmm. that's like what the corporate life is like. <laughs> and then somebody just lets it go. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is great. Wait, where's my paycheck? <laughs> yeah, where's my paycheck? Yeah. Hit the rocks a few times, but as long as we this keep going, this cobra shit is expensive. <laughs> this cobra shit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I would rather have, uh, the uncertainty and the, and the, the volatility of, of not knowing versus the, you know, like I said, nobody's ever looked back on their, nobody's on their deathbed and right. thinks, man, I should have just put more time in at my corporate job. Exactly. Or yeah. Like, but or anything like, you don't enjoy. And it's really hard, I guess, for even people that are a little bit younger that haven't like for for a lot of younger people, I think it's a great, powerful experience because you're finally sort of getting validation. <laughs> you're out of this curriculum-based life that you've been in with your school and mm-hmm. all the things, and then now you've you've arrived at the thing that you're you're supposed to be having. A, like you go to college so you can get this job, and then you so you get the job, and then you start kind of going through the little ranks, and you get little promotions, and you get more power, or you get more accolades, or people treat you better, or whatever it is. And so then you start feeling like, oh, this is reward. And I'm feel like this reward system is being, you know, sort of tickled or whatever. And then I'm, I'm just saying like after a while, like there's, I mean, cause you think about all the people that you used to work with mm-hmm. uh, or you've worked with at other jobs and you think about how many people have these amazing talents and these amazing sort of constitutions as people that are just not uh, pressing themselves to, to do this fullest experience of them mm-hmm. that they can have. And I think that that also sort of reminds me of the the fighting thing a lot because I I think about what kind of experience these fighters are having like you know when they talk about what it's like to train 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 you're nervous before they you walk out they're always nervous you know they don't try to pretend that they're not you know the puking like just <laughs> terrified right that's the uncertainty and then but then when they get into the cage all the preparation all the work everything they, they can't you know it's like singular flow state yes. moment of just recognizing there's a person across from you and that's all you're consumed with in that moment like that's what you want to get to in all the things yeah this, in all of life at all times yeah it's hard though it's almost impossible but i think it could be but so would you say that freelance in a way is kind of like fighting mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, th- that this is sort of another another aspect of I think what we're sort of exploring all the time, which is that <clears throat> even though we're not doing uh, you know like I'm not punching somebody in the face and right. making them bleed or you know leg locking somebody or whatever, but I am 
scrapping right you know like i yeah. i am well put i am wood yes. i am woodshedding on painful repetitions yes. of doing things you know uh i mean i, I just keep making videos keep yep. making keep getting better at whatever whatever it is i'm doing more yeah. more music more film more research more yes. things to find the next angle or the next thing that really interests me it's it's such a relentless possession of a pursuit um and i think also maybe that i feel like um i've been doing this long enough now to know that i'll never be satisfied <laughs> right. and then that's okay yeah mm. and so i think that Just that's also the a very, ride. <laughs> i think that's probably also a, a, a maybe closer to sort of a martial art uh, philosophy in terms of just the unending nature of knowledge and mm-hmm. and just honoring the fact that you're on this path to do this thing and and uh, you will reach levels of particular mastery or particular skill in certain mm-hmm. things but don't ever tell anybody that you feel like you've got it all together right. Right? Yeah. I don't know I used to have all this like anxiety around perfection and it mm-hmm. wasn't like I even I wasn't even really aware of it that much but I realize now that I used to be, because of course, I mean, in my brain, I understand that there's actually no perfect thing that, mm-hmm. you, that you can do, you know, but on some level, I just had a lot, a lot of anxiety about things being perfect in some way. And, uh, and then somewhere along the way, I just sort of got to a point where it was like the, I somehow got to a place where I, where I felt really comfortable with having uh, high standards and also understanding and being very relaxed around the idea that those standards were there to guide me. They weren't going to be the thing that would necessarily mm. always be achievable. You know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And 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 just being relaxed about it all, it just feels like I'm I've been so much more creative and I've enjoyed creativity so much more uh, since that realization. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's. That's been a big thing for me is just sort of getting to a place where, again, it's just getting past like all this like tense anxiousness about trying to make shit perfect, you know? And, uh, and, and I feel like it also makes you more productive because you're not, you're not, you're willing to let go of something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're willing to say, yeah, that's pretty great. Let's just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's all it can really be. I can't spend the rest of my life trying to make this one dumb thing perfect. Let's that's make a bunch than, of more things. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's better than your three-year-old kid could do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Next step. Yeah. But I feel like it's like, and I think it's, it's to some degree, it comes from like doing music because I think with like rock and roll, it's easy to remember, or it's been easier for me to remember that like, it's only rock and roll, right? It's not, we're not here. We're not, we don't even want to talk about doing this perfect thing. We're here to, we're here to rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, what if I bring a little bit more of that to the rest of the stuff? You know what I mean? Just rock out, man, and let yeah. it be fun and let it be cool and, and enjoy Visceral, it, yeah. you know? And do, and again, you know, you still can have your high standards, but, but, you, but just get more into the thing itself and and mm-hmm. let it be what it what it wants to be so you know instead of being all worried about it you know what right. I mean right <laughs> well it's like the, when we had uh, Michael Shreve on a couple episodes ago and he was saying if you could go he's 68 now and he was saying mm-hmm. if he could go back to his 30 year old self and give himself any advice it was basically that like just let it go like just don't stop trying to make everything so perfect yeah like just that. taking things too seriously you taking know things I mean? too yes. serious yeah yeah i it, took a lot of things too seriously when i was younger you know and i think it just has to do i think if you're an intense energetic kind mm-hmm. of person it can just be that way i think those yeah. were good qualities fueling that but at the end of the day it's like it's a little toxic it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah see i went yeah. through the complete opposite <laughs> yeah. side where i was like 
none of this matters. <laughs> like, that is the I other, don't care. Yeah, that's It'll the be other, fine. That's like, the that's flip what, side. Right? Yeah, and that's where I come from. I'm just like, it'll work out. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it usually does. <laughs> Man, there are there are drug companies getting really rich trying to package up what you're just doing naturally over there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, it, it's definitely, um, you know, you see people, uh, all kinds of different anxieties or stresses mm-hmm. or, or things. And, and you just try to just get to this place where it's like, man, if the more you're just in the moment, the more you're just appreciating what's immediately around you, the less I feel like that that becomes an issue. I'm not mm-hmm. downplaying people that have like legit, you know, serious right. issues. And yeah. a lot of people do. I am. I'm, just, I'm talking more about like, you know, <laughs> yeah. being sort of, I'm pretty sure overly, I do. I just have this coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Being like overly driven on the path. You know what I mean? And it's like, you don't, you can work really hard and make a lot of progress without having to drive it like right. that. You know yeah. what I yeah, mean? Definitely. That's what I'm learning. I've learned that actually very yeah. recently where I would work 16 hour days yeah. every day mm-hmm. to find my value. Mm-hmm. Like that's my yeah. self value came from that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized None of this really matters. And yeah. then so I was like, oh. And maybe if I do less, I do more somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know and I mean? I've already done enough. That's yeah. what really flipped my whole mental model. I was like, oh. oh boom. <laughs> I don't have to keep going and grinding. Like, yeah. I'm already enough. Like, I already did it all. I already have everything that I need. Mm-hmm. And so once I just was gra- grateful for that, and like you were saying, Brian, just being grateful, um, then it's like, I don't know, it just uh, helps mm-hmm. lift the load. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then you've got like, um, you know, I, I, I have, uh, I, I got like about three or four haters. Yeah. Good. And uh, you know, I think Jay, well, I think you have a very great, uh, native sort of energy or dynamic with yourself that, that keeps that from happening. Can you explain to me what that is so that I can borrow some of that? I don't know. Well, I maybe got... I'm doing something wrong. I feel like I should have a bunch of haters. I mean, I have haters. Like, there's YouTube haters and stuff, but I love yeah. them. Yeah. You know, they're just helping my analytics. And <laughs> right. They're still interacting, which is cool. You know, it's it's both sides. It's the yeah. good and the bad. Yeah, it's all coming. Yeah, it's it's strange when people go out of their way. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like to psychoanalyze. I'm like, what were they thinking? But it's like, deep down, they really liked what it was, probably enough to say something <laughs> or something in that irked yeah. them to have to do, you know, say their, their feelings. Well, it's, yeah, if you think <laughs> about great. it, it all comes from, it has to come from some baseline of hurt. Something, yeah. Because that's the only reason you would want to inflict hurt upon Back, someone else. I guess. I, I think no, so. Nobody that's, nobody, I don't, feel, I feel like, Anybody that hasn't experienced, anybody that's not op- operating out of a state of hurt has no desire to hurt anyone else, I don't think. I wouldn't think so Unless either. you're just like Hitler on amphetamines. Or and just curious. Really vain. But uh, I don't know. That's a, <laughs> no, I think that's that's a heavy a example. Valid uh, yeah. But yeah, just that song, You're So Vain, is about Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Carly Simon. Is that Carly Simon? Yeah. People say it's like, oh, is that Mick Jagger? Or is that, uh, you know, whoever? It's actually Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> love that song. Joe's like his own little Snopes over here. She's got mm-hmm. that. She's got. There's a line in there about uh, what's it? What's it, what's it about? About the aurora borealis or something like that. There's a great line in that song. I like that song. <laughs> it's a good one. 
I, I like that bit in the uh, in the office where uh, oh no, the, you, the he, Angela, goes to, he goes to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun. Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when the character Angela is talking about like, like how like she was like it was she said something like it was I was there were so it was we were parting it, it was we were parting so hard because we were at a at a James Taylor concert or something you know it was like we were <laughs> I don't know what they were smoking at this James Taylor concert kind of wow. line or mm-hmm. something and I was like yeah that's pretty good <laughs> uh, anyway but that's who the song is about right wait no no it's about you're so vain it's, it's about, it's one about the, Warren Beatty isn't it is it I think it might be I don't know if anyone has ever found out wasn't she with James Taylor though uh huh yeah, yeah at one point yeah <laughs> Because I met her daughter once. I played a show sometime where her band was playing and my band was playing. And mm. This is like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, she lived in Colorado or something. Mm. Anyway, and she looked a lot like Carly Simon. Wow. So there you go. But uh, yeah, I guess we should start looking at packing this thing up. But listen, man. Uh, we had to the Carly Simon to yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to keep going on that. Uh, <laughs> But uh, hey, uh, Jay Wall, won't you do me a favor? Yeah. Won't you do everybody listening a favor? Mm-hmm. Uh, won't you tell them all the places where you can be found? Yeah. Uh, at Print That Thing, at Skateboard Yogi, at Indie Mutt. I N D I E M U T T. Yeah. Skateboard that's me. Yogi, Indie Mutt. And what was the other one? Print uh, That Thing. Print That Thing. Yeah. Definitely. And if, if people want to slide into your DMs, you're, you're cool with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to create. <laughs> All right, Joe, you got anything coming up? Uh, Besides no. being your best self? I've got my... Uh, I guess I'm still just like whoring out my new single. Yeah. <laughs> so go to my... Uh, yeah, do it. Go to my SoundCloud at uh, Joe Nolan at SoundCloud and uh, find my new single, Savage Nomads. And uh, I got a bunch of new things, but they're just really weird and hard to talk about. So we'll just cover that some other time. If anybody's ever interested in uh, checking out this beat tape that I made that we're listening to right now, it's on SoundCloud under one of my many aliases. Uh, this one's under the alias Good Rester. It's called Beat Tape Volume One. It's all done to cassette, straight from the NPC to cassette. What is the uh, what is the uh, what is the name of this track? I love this track. It's just a beat tape. Oh, there's okay. no tracks it's just like a I like this I like this theme man it oh, always yeah. makes me feel like I want a podcast <laughs> I'm like want time to podcast yeah it makes you want to rap alright do you want to free, <laughs> do you want to freestyle us out yeah freestyle us out fade All right. us out see yo. you guys hey, thanks yo. a lot yo listen to your heart and feel it when you fart cause I got the part to take you off the chart yo uh, we on the art podcast uh, art fight club I gotta get it right uh Yo, I get my mind on tight, I'm on flight I'm like a kite flying high up in the sky I'm like, uh, uh, let's slow it down Uh, I ride the cymbal with the round, uh 